The following presentation is brought to you by The Mutual Network. Better living through audio. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. It is the year 2019, and life has lost all meaning. What once was up is down, what once was right is wrong. And those who dare to make a podcast which subversively reanimates the dead art of radio theater are considered dangerous criminal outcasts. Driven into exile, four pungent brigands risk their lives each week to broadcast from a South Seas barge, crudely fashioned from the disintegrating corpse of an ancient titan and several thousand yards of cooking twine to bring you the triumph, the majesty, the sublimity of rude alchemy. Moonlight is fading now. I'm almost gone. Waning. Waning like a dry and brittle flower shedding its last papery petal. Waning like a once great royal matron now shriveled and tiny and pale. Matching the alabaster hue of the sheets of the sick bed. Waning. Like an erection when you hear your mom's car pull in the driveway and realize you won't have time to finish your self-abuse session in the bathroom while you contemplate a box of your sister's tampons and pretend they're not hers but Tammy Miller's, the girl with the eye patch and speech impediment, but who is otherwise hot, and you like to be realistic in your fantasies. <sighs> I haven't much time. At least I... At least I shall fade into oblivion, doing what I love best, narrating the thrilling conclusion to Kava Cranebottom Academy... <laughs> Kava Crane Bottom Academy is brought to you by the trial-size unisex deodorant Brendan's school gave him because he's in fifth grade now and just completed a course entitled Your Changing Body and You. I wish my school had done that for me. All they did was hire a one-man assembly called Secretions Pete, which was shockingly graphic and really not arousing at all at the time. However, it did implant some sort of deeply sexualized association within me because anytime I see an everything bagel with way too much honey maple cream cheese, I get harder than, well, harder than Secretions Pete in the middle school cafe gymatorium after fifth period. have passed since Carver made two shitty discoveries. One, the stable master de-teethed and drowned in poo. Two, his best friend's timid penile explorations inside Cordelia's carnal crawlspace. If you'll recall from episode one, it was Baz who was instrumental in transforming Carvey from an angsty eyelinered bully magnet. However, with the friendship now torn asunder by a piece of corseted coos, Carver descended violently into a pit of nihilistic teenage fashion, so extreme 
that the school immediately reviewed its dress code and began scheduling drills wherein the teachers had to have the kids line up along the walls out of sight of windows and doors. They called it a hurricane drill, but everyone knew what it was. Anyway, Carver now was wearing a cape and had a whole bunch of metal shit in his face. His oversized black boots clunked into the dining hall where Baz was waiting. Carvey! Here I am, waiting for you once again to offer my morning apology and a fresh quail egg omelette which I prepared especially for you. The only eggs I ever cared about were the glorious ovum of the angel known as Cordelia, and you sullied them with your vicious and unrelenting masculine pounding. Well... She said... She has back problems now. I don't... uh... According to her gynecologist, she's still experiencing an orgasm. Wait, you talked to her? Yes. I had to get her side of it. Apparently, your sexual prowess is so intense, she had to start using words for its effects that had never been used to describe postcoital aftermath before. Such as? Words like wrecked, smashed, crushed, blown out, destroyed, demolished. According to one of the doctors consulted, it's possible one could even categorize her condition as... Satisfied. No. Yes. But it's the middle to late 1800s. No woman has ever been satisfied sexually before, at least not by a man. Well, congratulations. Carver, wait. And now she says she wants to go with you to the cotillion. How could you do this to me? Carvey. (laughs) But he was gone. Despite Baz's newly discovered pride that his penis was the best in the history of the Empire, his heart ached for his friend. There was only one person that could help. Wait. What? We were, we were just about to switch scenes. Are we going to talk about the murder stuff, or...? Oh, right. Uh, I, uh, I really think people are mostly interested in the love triangle. Yeah, but it's kind of important to the through line and whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Just... Like, do it real quick during the transition music. Oh. I am obsessed with the murder of the stable master. Oh? Yes, there were only 31 teeth discovered and humans have 32. Okay. Is that like a clue or... Time's up. Baz found Cordelia exiting Headmaster Crustwich's office. What were you doing in there? Speaking with the Headmaster. That's right. Just speaking. Door was open the whole time. Okay. I never even looked at her. Forgot she was even a girl. Okay. Not, 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 not that I look at the boys. Damn it! I knew I should have had a witness in here. We're not worried about it. Y- you're not? No, not really. Oh, thank God. You know, with the news and the climate today, I'm this close to having all the doors and walls removed from the entire building. Just tables. Everywhere. Just big, long tables. That sounds awful. Oh, yes. Truly dreadful. Okay. Bye, students. I don't want to fuck you. Either of you. Just just to be clear. Not that you're both not attractive. Because it, 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 it's important. I don't diminish your self-esteem. It's the age difference, you know. And the uh, student-teacher relationship thing. Appropriateness and all that. Okay. Ah, I'm really stumbling over myself here. (laughs) Okay. What I'm trying to say is this. If I were a much younger man, and not your teacher, I would indeed fuck both your brains out right here on the spot. Am I clear? Yep. All right. Carry on. That was a close one, Crusty. 
nimbly dodged that bear trap. <laughs> Good old clever me. Do 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 do. I wonder what's for lunch today. Oh, I hope it's beans. Uh, resident sound designer, Mr. Michael Horn, why are you still following Christridge's audio? I'm trying to get fired. You know I do this for free. God damn! Well, whose fault is that? Anyway, would you mind? <sighs> Whatever. Are we back? Uh, is it us? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, Cordelia, I heard nine out of ten doctors agree I pleased you vaginally. What? Oh, that was just some rubbish I fed Carvey to get him to leave me alone. Poor thing was all broken up. Oh. So my penis was... Barely adequate. I'll take it. But listen, as for Carvey... Fine. Fine. I'll still go with him to the dance instead of you. You will? That's wonderful. I had thought it'd be nice to get to know you better, but I finally realized we have no future together. We haven't? Why not? Because you're gay. Hmm? A fancy boy. Pardon? A fruit basket. I don't follow. I blasted. A homosexual. In what sense? A sexually attracted to members of your own gender sense. You're going to have to spell it out for me. <sighs> Never mind. I'm going with Carvey to the masquerade ball. That's all you need to know. Perfect. But wait, masquerade? You mean cotillion? No. It's a mask now. You know the fire that killed McManus? All the dresses were destroyed. <laughs> so, it was my idea to change it to a mask. That's what I was talking to Crosswedge about. Oh dear God, this is tragic. This is devastating. My world is turned upside down. No cotillion, no dresses. Oh Lord, why? Oh my God. <laughs> the mask's gonna have sequins. Okay, that's cool then. That was a long scene. We only learned like two important things. I could have just told you. Cordelia agreed to go to the dance with Carver again, and now it's a mask instead of a cotillion. Why did we need all those gay jokes and inappropriate student-teacher relationship jokes? It really makes me question what the writer's motives are. Like, is he working through some shit that's best kept private, but this is his only outlet? Hmm. Kind of sad and tragic and beautiful, but mostly creepy as f***. Whatever. I am so tired. Okay, here we go. Basil found Carver digging through the old horseshit pile. Needless to say, he was covered in horseshit. From his Doc Martens to his trench coat with an Of Mice and Men pin on it. To his face all full of holes, which were all full of metal shit. He was covered in horse shit. Jesus! Great sentence, writer. I am so sick of doing this with my life. Okay, do the scene, idiots. Carvey! Carvey! What are you doing here? I've got great news, but what are you doing? Isn't it obvious? I'm looking for the missing tooth. Missing tooth? Yeah, dumbass. Remember I fucking told you the stable master's teeth were all ripped from his head, every one of them, and every one was recovered from here in the shit pile except one? How do you know he didn't lose it earlier in life? Because dental care for lower-level employees at mid-to-late 1800s British boy boarding schools is excellent and exceedingly well-documented. I had merely to book an afternoon in the low-level employees' dental records wing of the Dr. Steuben's Memorial Dental Records Library in Bainbridge's Shropshire satellite location, the Dr. T. Grayson Memorial Dental Records Campus. Oh. So there. God, this podcast is so stupid. Now what's this great news you've got to tell me? Okay. Okay. Get ready. Cordelia has agreed. Oh, you're going to be tickled pink. 
to still go to the dance with you. Yay! Can we be best friends again? I heard Abraham Lincoln used to sleep in the same bed as his best friend all the time. So, like, I kind of thought that would be fun and you could wear the hat because you're tall. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. But really, if you wanted to do that, like, no big deal. It could be fun just as a goof. But, like, for real, let's sleep in the same bed. No. No to... to the bed thing? No to Cordelia. You get one shot with Carvey. My heart is not a toy for some pussy to bat about. A cat, right? Yes, a f***ing cat! Basil left heartbroken. He slogged a soggy, tear-slathered retreat back to his room. Hi, Basil. Shut the f*** up, Cory. Guess what? Shut up. I think I might have finally sprouted my first pubic hair. Wanna see? I've been examining it in the Trouble M. Poundstone Dental Records Laboratory because of the excellent microscopes, and I made a record of my findings. Oh. You see, at one point, the pubic hair was measuring 1.4 centimetres. I found As Corey droned on, Basil sunk heavily into his bed. He wrapped the sheets tight around his tear-dampened head, hoping to drown out Corey. The world, the memory of Corey. Ouch! Something pressed painfully into Basil's cheek. He pulled down the bedsheet, and a little white and red object clattered to the floor. Is that a tooth? I think it is. It's not mine. Nor mine. Hmm. But the only other person to be in our room was Cordelia. Oh my god. Corey, do you know what this means? <coughs> what? I must have fucked the tooth right out of her head. Wow. Barely adequate penis, my left foot. I'm not really sure what sex is, but I don't think that's how it works. Oh no. Of course. The stable master's missing tooth. It's all adding up. She comes to our room the night of the murder, soaking wet and reeking of shit. And that wasn't a red flag? No. I'd assumed the shit smell was because it's the mid to late 1800s and feminine hygiene is not even a little bit of a thing. (sighs) That's hot. True, but that's not the point. Cordelia murdered the stable master, then sought refuge in our room. A desire for a sexual tryst with old Basil was merely a cover. Damn, she used me. She used me good. Like the filthy little slut I am, yeah. Is this, is this turning you on? Right, focus, Baz. She yanked the teeth from out the stable master's head, then fled with one of them stuck to her person. My word, I've got to tell Carver. But Carver wasn't at the stables, nor the laboratory, nor the art studio. Dusk fell, and the exhausted Baz sunk down on the steps of the studio. Hello, Basil. Ah! Hi, Baz. Ah! Cordelia and Carver held hands. Carver no longer wore his gothy coat and boots, nor the metal shit in his face. What the hell are you doing with her? We're working on an art project together. I thought you said she lost her chance. Oh, I immediately thought better of that. I'm a teenage boy with a chance for actual physical contact with a female human. I gotta ride this thing as far as it will take me. Besides, I love her. Oh. But... Carvey, dear, will you run back inside the studio? I think I forgot my corset wrench. Certainly, my angel. Carver bounded away. What are you up to, you little worm? I know who you are. I know what you did. You know nothing. Stay the hell away from Carver. Never. 
He's my best friend, you skank. Basil! Cordelia began to weep. She buried her face in Carver's shoulder. But I... got me Leave us alone, Basil. You're not a friend. You're just jealous. I never want to see you again. Carver! As Carver led Cordelia away, she glanced up at Basil, a wicked smile spreading across her ruby lips. As the weeks ticked by, Carver and Cordelia spent more and more time shut up together in the art studio. They had commandeered a room in the basement and retreated there every evening. Basil did his best to move on. He and Corey began spending more time together. And Basil, as many teenagers do, began experimenting with alcohol. This night, the night of the masquerade ball, which neither of these losers would attend, was no different. Corey! 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 I'm trying to read Baz. Shh, 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 shut up. I want, I want to look at your ugly face. Ew. So ugly. How many of those premixed frozen strawberry daiquiri packets have you had? Not enough to make you hot enough. Hot enough for what? Never mind, just hand me another daiquiri. Hey, is your skin disease all over? Like, on the back of you? And everything? Yeah, I've, I've pretty much reached full coverage at this point. Hmm. Might need something stronger. What the hell are you reading, anyway? The Mask of the Red Death. What the f*** is that? It's a story by Poe about a deadly plague being unleashed at the masquerade ball. Okay. <laughs> I had lent this book to Cranebottom. What? Yeah, he ripped out the illustration, said he needed it for an art project. As lit as he was on half-melted daiquiri, a horrible realization formed in Basil's mind. Corey! Grab us a couple of your skin disease masks. We're going to the ball. Really? All right. I feel like Cinderella. What the f*** did you say? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I told you. If anyone's a f***ing princess, it's f***ing me. You got that, bitch? Huh? You f***ing got that? Yes, 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 yes. Who's the princess? Who's the f***ing princess? Who is it? You, 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 you are, Who? No, you, 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 you're, you're the princess. Yeah, you're the princess. right. You're so pretty. You're so pretty. Good. Let's go. The great dining hall had been transformed into a candlelit ballroom. It was eerily beautiful and strangely quiet, but for a lone violinist's mournful tones. The perfumed boys were masked with silk and sequins and paper mache. They stood against the wall. The faculty also masked were against the other. Dude, this is fucking weird. Where'd you get that dress? You can take the boy out of the cotillion, but you can't take the boy out of the boy in the dress at a masquerade. <sighs> okay. Come on, we've got to find Carver and get him out of here. This proved to be no easy task, as everyone at the party was masked. It was nearly impossible to tell who was who. Basil had to rely on his keen sense of distinguishing boy smells. There, in the bird mask. That's Pemberbroke. He smells like salt and sand and a far-off memory, comfort and strength. Um, like dozing in a sand dune while the sun tickles you playfully. Corey made a little tick on a list. Okay. Bird mask, Pembroke. Over there. The harlequin with the sequins. That's Mackie. He smells of grass stains, a healthy sweat, and a tumble in fallen leaves. Uh, 
Hint of vulnerability lurking below his wiry muscles. Okay, Mackie Hawking mask. Hey, what do I smell like, by the way? An enema so difficult it's technically an abortion. Okay, okay, good to know, okay. Damn, that's everyone. No sign of Carver or that salmon-scented harlot. Let's check out back. That's odd. The doors are locked. The violinist shrieked to a stop and pulled off his mask. It was Cordelia. Greetings all. So glad you could make it to my mask. How fitting for an institution sustained by play pretend. Crustwedge stepped forward and removed his puppy dog mask. Oh, I didn't expect that from him. It's really cute. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. God, I just love that. Where'd you get it? Uh, Actually, my mother made it for me. Oh my god, that is adorable. You were just like ten years away from being a really cute little old man. Oh, that's what I'm banking on. Okay, back to the thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Cordelia! What is the meaning of this? Oh, f**k. I just realized I forgot to sniff the violinist. No wonder. I would have recognized that nasty, rotting, clam chowder, vomit, stench anywhere. You know for well, Crustwedge. All of you, pretenders. Got to keep the benefactors happy, right? That's enough. Even if it means enabling their sick and ancient rituals. Tell me, was Bainbridge ever meant as a school? Or was it always a cover for a pleasure land for the rich and degenerate? I'm warning you, girl. (laughs) Girl. Girl. That's what you all called me. Reverend Fat, McManus, even the stable master. Though he didn't participate, he sure as hell kept watch. I wasn't Cordelia then to you. I was just girl, a thing, a part of the ritual. And the men, masked men, brought in one by one until I realized it wasn't a ritual at all. That was just play pretend too. Did it make you feel better because it had robes and chants and masks? Bainbridge has a rich tradition of... The, 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 the benefactors are essential to... The education we provide is... Afterwards, Father gave me a little pat on the head, said I'd done well and that I'd done my part. No more would be asked of me. The legacy could continue. Then he smiled upon my older brother, who had been obviously eating tea and biscuits in the kitchen with the servant children during, and I vowed right then and there to kill him. Not father, but brother. Because it was all for him. I didn't decide to kill all of you until much later. Do you think they did something sexual to her? Oh, Jesus Christ, shut the fuck up, Corey. Well, anyway, it's time I unveiled my art project. Cordelia pulled aside a red curtain. Standing there was a very tall masked figure. The mask was twisted in an expression of agony. The figure's cloak was midnight black with blood-red streaks of silk cascading off it in horrible shreds. The figure silently stumbled forth. Well, well, I'll be going. I know how much you boys all enjoy each other's company. And with that, Cordelia leapt from the stage and bounded out the rear exit. The door locked behind her with a deafening click. Oh, she wants us to die too? The students? Even though we weren't directly involved in the ritualistic sexual abuse she endured as a child? I f***ing hate you, Corey. The horrible figure stumbled about on the stage, 
groping the air in a panic, Crestwidge approached him. Whoever, whoever you are, I demand you exit. Leave us, leave us be. Do you hear me? Ouch! With that, the headmaster shoved the cloaked figure in a fit of rage. Crustwedge shrieked in horror as he held up his hands, now covered in blood and dozens of tiny needles. His screams quickly turned to gagging, then choking, then a low, rumbly, liquid growl as chunky black blood plopped from his mouth. He fell to the ground and lay still. Okay, so the needles have to be like poison needles, right? 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 I'm not even going to answer you anymore. He'll kill us all! Kill you! Kill you! As the throng of panicked students pushed Basil and Corey closer to the stage, Basil became increasingly aware of a boy smell. The boy smell. The only one that truly mattered to him. It was leather and library books and pine cones and the faintest hint of cinnamon and loneliness. It was Carver. Carver! Basil leapt upon the stage. The mob of boys gasped. Watch out, Basilton. You'll be pricked by the monster's prickers. He's not a monster. He's my best friend. Basil ripped the mask off the figure to reveal Carvey's bruised and swollen face, blindfolded and gagged. Oh, dear God. Carvey, what has she done to you? Baz, stay away. I'm covered in poison prickers. If you touch my cloak, you'll die. Some art project. I thought it was a little strange, too, but every time I questioned it, she kind of leaned toward me slightly and... uh, Those tits! Oh, Basil, those tits! There, there. We'll figure out some way to get you out of... Corey! What the f*** are you doing? Corey had removed Carver's cloak and was wrapping himself in it. It's a handsome coat. I'll be handsome now, won't I? Black, chunky blood dripped from Corey's ugly lips. No. No, you won't. Right, I I mean, it's a noble gesture and all, old chap, but no. By no stretch of the imagination does that cloak make you even a little less hideous. <coughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can, you can go ahead and die now, though. Thank you, Basil. I suppose we should head out after Cordelia. We may still be able to catch her. No, Baz. I'd say she's entitled to her revenge. Besides... I'm in her debt. How so? Never again will I give my heart to a woman. My body? F*** yes. But my heart? Never. What about... a man? (laughs) Oh, Basil. A a man can't love a man. That's crazy talk. Besides, it's the mid to late 1800s. It'll be at least like 20 years before people accept that sort of thing. Yes. How silly of me. Come here, Basil. My friend. Carver gave Basil an awkward Victorian man-to-man side hug, then walked away. Basil ejaculated. Carver Crane Bottom Academy is brought to you by freeform poetry. Words, lactation, drippingly, non-rhyming. This is a poem. 
See that tree? That's a poem, too. See that homeless person? He's a poem. Poemity poem poem. Oh, look, I just took a blood shit. That's a poem. Oh, what do you know? My wife is probably getting f***ed by Steve right this moment, and the sweat above his ass crack is a poem. Look, here's a bill for child support I have no way of paying. That's a poem. Sorry, this is taking on too much of a form. Here's a bunch of letters. G-L-U-S-N-F-L-G-U-E-N-L. And now, poems spelled incorrectly. Palm or pem. Poor pem. The end. Well, folks, that's it. I'm just about to fade away forever. I could, I could feel, I could, I could feel the darkness. The nothingness overtaking me. I loved you all. Mongo, are you going away? I, I think, I think so, boy. I, I think so. I'm sorry I couldn't find a decent body for you to inhabit. It's all right, it's all right, child. I, you're a sweet boy. Maybe. Maybe you should just take mine. Now, now why would you go and, and say a thing like that? I don't know. I mean, I can't do anything, right? It's what my mom always says. Maybe I could do this one thing for you. Now you, listen to me. You stop it with that talk. You're a good boy, and you do your best. You haven't got an easy road ahead of you, but you remember this. Life is worth living when you live to do good for others. It's what I've always done. You have? Shut the f*** up. I'm trying to do something here. I'm gonna miss you, Marco. Oh, I'll miss you too. Uh, sorry, I, I guess I never asked your name. It's Aiden. Ugh, of course. What? Never mind, never mind. Goodbye, boy. Goodbye. Will we ever see you again, Mongo? Mongo? Narrator? Narrator? Oh, look it. The sun's coming up. Rude Alchemy is Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Whitner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. Kava Great Bottom Academy's story by Rude Alchemy, with Mr. Whitner as lead story editor. This episode written by Mr. Wertner and edited by resident sound designer Mr. Michael Hahn. Featuring the voices of Rude Alchemy and Miss Elena Poggles as Cordelia. Music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To support Rude Alchemy, slash support. Bonus stuff. Oh, 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 where am I? Oh, it's not nothing. It's, it's not nothing, everybody. Wow, it kind of looks like some dude's apartment. Hey, narrator. Super stoked you can make it, bro. Jesus! Yeah, man, I thought you weren't going to show. Did you see my Facebook invite? What? What? No, I, I... I don't really do social media anymore. Oh, bro. You gotta master social media, man. Don't let it master you, you know? All the top performers in every industry have a stellar social game. Industry? Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. Great to see you again. Narrator, this is Cheryl. She's one of our top success mentors. Success mentor? Yeah, totally. Come on, man. JC Snazzle isn't just about selling the best organic cleaning products and accessories in the world. <laughs> it's about reinventing your own lifestyle. 
J.C. Snazzle? Take Cheryl here, for instance. She was destitute, working two jobs, raising her kids, Mackenzie and Ava, totally on her own. It wasn't sustainable. Plus, her cleaning supplies were mass-produced toxic chemicals. J.C. Snazzle changed all that. Wait a minute. <laughs> for low initial investment. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think this is for me. Dude, we're just hanging out. We're just hanging out. Totally low pressure. We're just going to chill, catch up, listen to some music, do some demos of the only truly all-organic cleaning products available in the U.S. and Canada today. It's totally chill. Cheryl even brought her taco dip. Is this... Is this a multi-level marketing scheme? What? No, dude. Bro, this is heaven. We're just chillaxing. If you decide you also want to revolutionize your earnings by working for yourself and your family like Cheryl here, that's up to you. I'm just hosting a little party, a little get-together, really. Jesus. Oh, man. Ugh. What, Dad? You better not be doing what I think you're doing. Hey, when's it going to be my turn to build my own brand? You're kidding, right? It's called Christianity. Not God TNA. You know my heart has always been in organic cleaning products and entrepreneurship. The salvation thing? I just did that for you. We're going to have to talk about this later. Narrator, Cheryl, my apologies. I'm sending you both back. Wait, back where? 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 Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday. Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bad Free, we introduced the cowlets, tiny little cows. Where did all these cats come from? They're not cats, they're cows, and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before... Now you can display your love of these tiny cows with genuine cowlet t-shirts. You know what's really fun to do with these shirts? Get a whole bunch of people to buy them. Then you all gather together and run down the street. People will see these cowlets coming toward them and think it's a stampede. You think that would really work, Brad? Shh, I'm pushing for bulk sales here. You can also get cowlet mugs, clocks, and other items. Just go to thebatfree.com and click on shop. This is a limited time offer. No, it's not. You just do not not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlet design created by Jeff Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop. 